You're like a father to him. I cannot train him. You made me a promise, and I held up my end. There is one possibility. Go to the planet Tython. There you will find the ancient ruins of a temple that has a strong connection to the Force. Place Grogu on the seeing stone at the top of the mountain. Then what? Then Grogu may choose his path. If he reaches out through the Force, there's a chance a Jedi may sense his presence and come searching for him. Then again, there aren't many Jedi left. Thank you. May the Force be with you. Bucketheads, Mavar Tigar. Welcome to the next action-packed episode of MandoVision, Nargai Tom. And thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. Today we are here with another episode of our Bantha Tracks series, uh, which is which exists to explore uh, many of the of the juicy tidbits and nuggets of, of Star Wars canon. That the Mandalorian is referring to. And today, we're here to talk some Tython. And its role in both the current canon and its role in the old Expanded Universe canon. Which, you know, m maybe maybe you don't want to know about because, well, that just aren't, isn't important anymore. It says it don't count. But hey, we're, we're going to provide a little bit more context. And see if we can give, you, give some more information out there. Maybe you want to explore. It, you know, visiting the old canon is not a bad idea these days. You know, when, when you have a show like The Mandalorian being helmed by, by creative individuals like John Favreau, like Dave Filoni, uh, they've done a wonderful job over the years with both this show and in Star Wars The Clone Wars, in Star Wars Rebels, of reintroducing concepts of that old expanded universe canon. And, and, and why stop now? So it, it bears a little bit... Uh, uh, you know, if you have the time, the inclination, check out those old that that old material from the comics, from the novels. You know, it may have a Legends banner on it now, um, but that doesn't mean it's not going to have some kind of bearing on the events of our best carplater friend and his little green companion, the sweet, the adorable Grogu. All right, but before we dive into our Tython talk, remember the best way to reach out to this podcast is via social media. We are at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and share the show with all the other Mandos in your clan, if possible or so inclined. Please give us those sweet, sweet, sweet five-star reviews. They are better than a jug full of blue milk. They help us stand out and not get lost in the shuffle, which is so, so important in these days where everyone and their mother and their father, and their brother, and their cousins have a podcast. 
So please head over. Uh, oh, you know what? Head over to our to our parent site, 3bzine.com. That is the network we are on. We are a proud member of the 3BZ Network of Podcasts. You can find a link to our show, Mandovision. You also find a link to the other shows of the 3BZ Network, such as the TomCast Podcast, a podcast, a pop culture podcast hosted by yours truly, Tom. And uh, Beer Night in San Diego, a podcast that I am occasionally a co-host on. But a great talk, great night in uh, San Diego to drink beers. So, good podcast. Tabs for all those shows are available at 3BZine.com. You will also find a tab for our Store Envy page, where you can buy sweet, sweet merch from all three shows on the network. And uh, don't worry, those those uh, dark sabers they're coming back in stock, so you can all rule Mandalore together. Now it's time to strap on our buckets and get into some serious, serious Tython talk. Here we go. All right, so as we dive into this this second volume of Bantha Tracks, I'm sure this wonderful listening audience is, is curious. Tom, you just released uh, a Bantha tracks, giving us tons of information and some fun speculation. Why are you doing another one uh, right before another episode of the show's to drop? Well, that's because I got so fascinated with my own little theories about this uh, potential Imperial civil war between Gideon and Thrawn that I sort of ran out of time to talk about Tython. And I'm sure you're wondering, well, Tom, it's your podcast. You can you can have a podcast as long as you want. Bantha Tracks was sort of designed to be a short, super digestible podcast. You know, 30, 40-ish minutes or so of content. And you could easily digest it and move on to the next thing and live your life. So when I sort of wrapped it up and I still had all this Tython stuff to talk about, listen, I'll be honest, Tython is a tad complicated. It's a topic that has so many roots in the old Expanded Universe canon uh, to make it a little daunting to talk about. Uh, but there's also the elements that are p- most important, of which is the current canon. But as I mentioned, with Filoni and Favreau uh, can, being very uh, um progressive as far as is bringing elements of that old expanded universe canon back into current canon you kind of have to be able to to present these topics in a, in a way that is digestible to hardcore fans and to into new fans as well so there's a bit of a struggle there and i didn't want to have to have an episode that was going to go for an hour hour and a half of me talking about just tython so i'm hoping i have condensed things down enough that we can have a short, succinct conversation about Tython, why it's important, and, and and why it matters in the overall scheme of Star Wars and specifically to the Mandalorian. And now we played the clip to open the episode. Ahsoka Tano telling Mando, telling Din Djarin, that she can't be the one to train little baby Grogu. And Mando's not stoked on that at first. He's He's upset. They, they struck a bargain, Mando upheld his end of the deal, and now Ahsoka is telling him that she won't honor it. Now, this could easily have come to blows, but the two characters do seem to have achieved a sort of mutual respect for each other, despite the fact that Mando, at the end of Season 1, was told that Jedi are the enemies of Mandalorians. But there seems to be a, again, 
a respect between the two, these two characters in particular. So they actually talk instead of solving their problems with fists, which is a nice uh, departure from a lot of other genre fare that we are uh, also big fans of. I won't name names. So it's so Ahsoka presents an alternative, uh, an alternative way to help Grogu as best as she can without actually having to do the training. And you know, we we talked a little bit about that. Like Ahsoka, not an official Jedi, and uh, she she was never officially a master or any of that stuff. Uh, and despite her her connection to the Force, despite her relationship with Morai. The, the owl that you see in the episode. It doesn't... Training another Jedi does not seem to be part of her destiny, part of her relationship to the Force. And she seems to be aware of that. And again, to, to Din Djarin, the Force is just this completely foreign concept. He doesn't understand it. He doesn't... Uh, uh, you know, it, it's something... Again, it's... it's Again, completely foreign. There, there's, there's not a better description of it than that. Like, you know, it's, it's like you're talking to someone who's speaking Greek and you only speak English, and you're like, you just shrug your shoulders, like, I don't get it. Okay. There's a communication barrier between the two of them when it comes to matters of the Force and the Mandalorians, who are extremely practical. But again, Ahsoka presents an alternative option: go to the planet Tython, reach the top of the mountain. Find the scene stone, and Grogu will then determine his own destiny. That seems reasonable enough. But if you're wondering like what, what Tython is, maybe you're like, well, <laughs> what is Tython? She mentions it, Ahsoka mentions Tython as one of uh, several homes of the Jedi. That's, that is new canon, because we also have to, have to respect what happened in the sequel trilogy with Luke Skywalker and where he found himself on Achto. Uh, which was, again, described as an ancestral home of the Jedi. So in the new canon, there seems to be a bit of, of, of a... Uh, the Jedi have uh, multiple places of origin. Or perhaps there's more to it than, than that. But let's, let's, let's assume that Force-sensitive beings gathered on different parts, different planets and different parts of the galaxy. And then eventually they come together and become the Jedi. That seems to be what they are asserting with this idea that you have Tython over here and you have Achto over here, and there may be other homes, other places where Force-sensitive beings have gathered, uh, you know, potentially millennia ago, you know, before the official Jedi Order kind of came together. In the old canon, in the old lore, Tython was the planet where all Jedi came from. That is was was sort of the dawn of the Jedi happened on Tython. And there is a great comic book series called Dawn of the Jedi. And it takes place on Tython. And it's twin moons of Ashla and Bogan. Ajla representing the dark the, the excuse me excuse me. Ajla representing the light side of the force. Bogan representing the dark side of the force. Easy enough, right? We, 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 those are concepts we understand. Light side, dark side, and the planet in the middle. The Force is all about balance. That's, th these are things that we know from the, from the Force, from the movies, from, from books and comics. Now, again, Tython has a sort of dicey 
Well, not dicey, but it, it's sort of an unknown role in the current canon. It has been mentioned in comic books that are considered current canon, like like Dr. Afra, which is a fun comic, by the way. I recommend it because of the uh, psychopathic serial killer R2 and C-3PO uh, derivations that, are, that exist in the comic. That's a lot of fun to see a protocol droid that thrives on killing uh, species. Good times right there. So, so again, Tython's been in the canon. This is not the first mention of Tython in the new Star Wars canon. But there's so much more to explore because of the old expanded universe and because the creators of The Mandalorian uh, seem to want to honor much of the expanded universe. Like, they, they, they have brought in some of the best parts of the expanded canon so far, uh, which I think is, is completely appropriate. You know, maybe I don't get all the best parts of the Mandalorian culture that I wanted from the Karen Travis novels, which I've talked about in depth on this podcast in the past. But to bring in, in these elements and, you know, just kind of keep the chaff off to the sides. Because, like, listen, the expanded universe is full of a lot of not great things at the same time. For as many good things as there are in the expanded universe, there are at least two to three times as many bad things that we don't want to see in Star Wars canon. And so... It's a mixed bag. The EU is a mixed bag. And I know sometimes on this podcast we have spoken about the expanded universe uh, with, with a certain degree of reverence. And part of that is because at the time, it was all we had. Fans my age, if you were into Star Wars, the expanded universe novels and comics were all we had. So you embraced them. And, and even the ones that weren't great, you're like, well, all right, let's kind of make this fit in. And that was what it was. But now we're in, a, we're, we're in a position where we have wonderful creators like Favreau, like Filoni, uh, who are bringing in the proper elements and bringing them back. Like, like when Filoni made the decision to bring back Grand Amble Thrawn into season three of Rebels, I mean, my heart sang. My heart sang. Because Thrawn is a wonderful element of the old expanded universe. Now we're getting Tython. And again, Tython's been referenced in in other uh, uh, media forms of new Disney canon, whether it was the Dr. Afra comic or some of the role-playing game materials. Tython did exist. And it seems to be that it's, uh, again, like we talked about at the very beginning, one of several potential origin points of what would become the Jedi Order. But in that old canon, in that Dawn of the Jedi comic book series from John Ostrander and Jan Jersima, uh, the old Republic MMO video game from Bioware. Tython was the seat. That was the point of origin of the Jedi. So that's where everything kind of came from. And there's even more history with Tython in the old expanded universe. And we don't know, we don't know at this point if they're gonna, if 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 Filoni and Favreau and his teams of writers will 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 go down this route, but if there's one thing we know about the Star Wars universe, is that it's old. And part of the charm, part of the the visual aesthetic that we all love so much is that the Star Wars universe has this very lived-in feel. It feels like a place where people have been. 
it's not that clean, pristine, sterile environment that we know from a lot of a lot of science fiction films, uh, particularly of the era when Star Wars first came out. This was a dirty, rusty place where people had lived for a very, very long time. So on Tython, in the old Expanded Universe canon, there is a species, a, 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 a set of beings who exist prior to the Jedi, who uh, conduct like a pilgrimage to Tython to become, to, to experience the Force more sensitively. Again, like Achtu, where, where Luke Skywalker is, Tython is a place of great Force power, like Dagobah, where Yoda exists in, in, when he's in hiding, a planet of great Force power because of all the life that exists on the planet. Remember, life creates the Force. It is an energy field that binds us all together, so life has to be there. You can't just go to a desolate moon to experience the Force. You have to be someplace where, where it's verdant greenery and, and ardent uh, 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 life forms all around you. That's where the Force is, is strongest. And most uh, beings who are sensitive to the Force, whether midichlorians are, are in play or not, that's where you go if you want to, to, to get a more pure experience with the Force, pure connection to the Force. So there, there exists... These, this whole era prior to the Jedi of, of these beings who personified balance of the Force, a term that we became familiar with in Episode 1. Balance of the Force. Remember, they're, they're, the two sides of the Force seem to be diametrically opposed to each other, the light side and the dark side. We're talking about beings who prior to the Jedi lived both ways they would experience the light and the dark. And if one went too far to the other, they were sent to one of those moons around Tython to kind of come back to center. To come back to center. And listen, we don't do politics on, on Mandavision. We don't, we don't go into real-world stuff very often on this show. But I'm going to. I'm, I'm going to make a bold statement, and I'm sure I will get... A, a fair amount of criticism for it. Balance is the key to so many aspects of, of, of everyone's lives. You know, everyone, politically speaking, is extremely far left, extremely far right. And that's their prerogative. It really, really is. But everyone has to live on this planet together. And the middle is where you achieve that balance. And the Force is sort of a metaphor for that. Um... Maybe you don't want to explore that. Maybe you don't want to look at it that way. Maybe you don't want to go down that road. And that's fine. That's your prerogative. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. I'm not going to tell you what your beliefs should be. I'm just, I'm just saying, uh, balance is the key. The Jedi knew this at one point. The Sith sort of knew this, knew this at one point, too. Though the Sith, again, corrupted by the power of the dark side. The Jedi abhor the dark side. But there were beings that existed prior to Jedi, prior to Sith, that knew that the middle was the place to be. Just a thought. Maybe I'm maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm a loon, and maybe you don't want to hear it. That's oh, that's fine. I'm a, I'm a silly podcaster from San Diego, California. You can ignore me. Moving on. Moving on. That's but that's what Tython was at one point. There, there. The Star Wars galaxy is old. 
there are civilizations, there are societies, there are species that predate the Jedi, that predate uh, uh, the light and the dark. And there was one that existed that was about balance. And if you strayed one side to the other, like if you were too dark, you went to Ajla. They put you to Ajla to connect with the with the light side of the force. If you strayed too far to the light, if like you were just... Which I don't know quite what that means. I know they did it in the comics. I read the comics. But then you would go to Bogan, and then you would you would sort of experience more of the 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 darker side of the force, and and you would learn to live in that middle region. Will they do that on the Mandalorian? Will the Mandalorian dare to go that direction with things? I don't know. I honestly don't know. They may keep it as simple as this is one of the potential homes of the Jedi. And here's that scene stone. We're going to pop, prop baby Grogu on that scene stone and let's see what happens. I suspect it'll be more of that than d- this deep dive into the, the, the foundings and the origins of the Jedi. That seems, like a, uh, that seems like a show that's very un-Mandalorian to me. I could be wrong. And as a fan of the Star Wars myth- mythology, I want to see that. But that doesn't seem to be the lane that the Mandalorian wants to drive in. But who knows? Favreau and Filoni, I, in Favreau and Filoni, I trust. So I'm okay to go on the, on the journey, on the road trip. Let's get there. Let's see how it goes. Obviously, that's the next destination. That's the next goal for Din Djarin, for Grogu, to get to Tython. I suspect that journey is not going to be achieved this season. We have three episodes left. Three episodes left, and we know Moff Gideon's after them. After them. So who's to say? But I suspect uh, any any attempts to make it to uh, to Tython will be waylaid. Now, also remember too, that the Star Wars galaxy is is uh, conceived in such a way that the oldest civilizations, the oldest species within it, are centered around the galactic core. Tython exists within the galactic core. Our heroes are out on the rim in the, in the, in the furthest reaches of space. So they would have to come in towards the core, towards Coruscant, towards the New Republic. Uh, this, it, 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 this brings up a bunch of different scenarios, but it takes us away from the conflict with uh, the, this Imperial remnant that Moff Gideon seems to be rallying on the fringes of the core. You know, in the outer reaches, in the outer rim sectors of space, I'm 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 extremely curious where they're going to take this, where they're going to go with this. Yeah, because Tython represents a, a multitude of possibilities, just a huge swath of the Star Wars galaxy is is available to us. Uh, you know, does 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 Captain uh, Carson Tiva does he aid Din Djarin in getting to the core? <clears throat> Who's who knows at this point? That again, that's one of the part of the wonderful charms of this show is that it's been unpredictable and it's been a, a, a fun, raucous ride along the way. But Tython is a big piece of Star Wars mythology, of Star Wars lore. What do we get to find out about Tython when we're there? Who knows? Maybe they won't even dive into it. Maybe it's just as simple as they arrive there, they find the ruins of these old temples, of this old Jedi temple. They just go to the peak, 
They go into this, and that scene stone, and Grogu has his Force experience where he chooses his destiny to be a Jedi, to be a Mando, to be whatever, uh, whatever Grogu wants to be. It could be as simple as that. I would be a little surprised if it were that simple. But we can't dismiss that as a possibility because The Mandalorian is a show that it pays tribute to all the influences of Star Wars. And as it's incorporated more mythology, that doesn't mean it's it's gone away from the influences of being a Western, of being a samurai movie, of being uh, all the things that made Star Wars so great. So even as we embrace the mythology, we can't prepare ourselves for the deep dive. You know, I know the fan base has been really excited uh, about Ahsoka's mention of of Grogu reaching out through the Force on that scene stone on on Tython, and and a Jedi coming to find him, coming to find Grogu, and obviously Ahsoka also mentions also says there are so few Jedi left, which instantly people are like, oh, that means Luke Skywalker is going to come and find Grogu. And I'll be honest, I have simply adored the pictures, the, the Photoshop, the, the amazing digital art that has popped up of Sebastian Stan, a.k.a. the Winter Soldier, as Luke Skywalker, as a, a post-Return of the Jedi Luke Skywalker, garbed in black with his green lightsaber. Those photos slash pictures are phenomenal. The resemblance between the two is uncanny. Uncanny. It looks so good. I mean, I did a double take the first time I saw the picture. I just somewhat thought someone had posted uh, like, a, like a cutout of Luke Skywalker against like a, a backdrop from those Mandalorian uh, promo pieces that have been popping up on Instagram and on the internet recently you know, after every episode debuts. And then I did a double take. I was like, wait, that's, that's not Mark Hamill. And then I had to read the comments, and I was like, oh my god, Sebastian Stan looks almost like a young Luke Skywalker, which is just bananas crazy to me. But so wonderful, so inventive. I loved how the fan base just kind of jumps on these things, and all of a sudden they're on the, on the internet, kind of brought to, brought to life. It's just fascinating and fun, and I, I love every second of it. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if this show has the balls to go there. To, 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 to recast Luke Skywalker and bring him onto the show. I don't know. Sebastian Stan is a wonderful choice. Uh, but I, I don't know if the show has the audacity to do it. Or if Disney or Lucasfilm have the, have the audacity to recast Luke Skywalker. Uh, it, that, that's wild to me. I mean, I, I understand. We did, it, we did it with Han Solo. We had Aaron Aldenreich take over for, for a Han Solo prequel. But we're talking about like a Luke Skywalker in the middle you know, we're talking about like a, like between Jedi and between the Force Awakens, a new Luke that exists between Hamels, a Mark Hamill sandwich with Sebastian Stan in the middle potentially, which is wild. But Ahsoka says, "So few Jedi, but there are a couple. Perhaps you played Star Wars: Fallen Order on your PlayStation or Xbox. Cal Kestis still around. He's being mentored by another Jedi whose name eludes me at the moment because." Uh, I've already done a podcast today, so I've had a couple couple beers. But the other the characters from that game still exist, and apparently Fallen Order is canon. Again, 
Ahsoka Tano we've met, but there's other characters from the Clone Wars series, from Rebels, who have survived the Purge and who are in hiding. The possibilities are endless. There's so much potential here with Tython. If they ever reach their destination, which, I mean, who, who's to say they even get to Tython? Again, we're talking about going into the heart of the galactic core. Mando's on the outskirts. He's on the frontier. This requires, this, this would be like going from uh, uh, the Utah territories into, into New York City. It's a trek. It's, an, it's, it's fraught with peril, fraught with danger. That's the show we're watching. Remember that. We're watching a Western in space. So going to the Galactic Core is like going to D.C. from California or from Arizona. It, it's, you know, it is, it's wagon train style. Danger exists. Bounty hunters, empire, all of it. But Tython represents so much potential, so much interesting ideas. And I wanted to kind of put this out there for the fans, for, for all you wonderful folks who listen to this podcast and are loving this show as much as I am. Tython's a big deal. Again, it could be as simple as like, this is just one home of, of the Jedi at the beginning. And then they all kind of came together and they all kind of came together on Coruscant and the temples were formed and blah, 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 blah. But remember, the Star Wars universe, the Star Wars galaxy is old. It's old. It's lived and it's worn. It's like a, it's like a pair of jeans you've had forever. It's just comfy and cozy and you know you can live in it for as long as you want. But if they want to get into that, that Tython history that those beings prior to the Jedi who existed in perpetual balance with the Force. So much to get into. But is that a track for the Mandalorian? Or is that a track for the Ahsoka Tano show? I guess that's kind of where we have to draw the line. Or maybe not, not, maybe not a line, but we have to kind of pause and consider and wonder if that is the fate of our heroes. Uh, to, to become part of the larger Jedi mythology. I sort of think not. Again, we're into the personal opinion segment of, of the show where I don't think we get too involved in, in Jedi business on The Mandalorian. Um, you know, maybe there's an Ahsoka Tano spinoff, maybe there's not. Uh, I don't think necessarily that becomes a part of the larger mythology for The Mandalorian series. Maybe I'm wrong. And that could completely change. I have there's three episodes left this season that might make me amend this on the next episode of Bantha Tracks. So, who's to say? Uh, but I I suspect because of his emotional attachment to Din Djarin, because of his uh, PTSD that he experienced at the hands of the Imperial Remnant, I suspect Grogu does not follow the path of a Jedi. That seems to make the most sense to me. How do you feel about it? Where do you want to see baby Grogu go? Does he get his own bucket down the road? Does he go for the trials and survive? Or does Mando have to find a, a, a home for him that is secluded and, and, and so he can live in uh, isolation and seclusion and avoid not only Imperial detection, but detection from Luke Skywalker and any other... Uh, of the few Jedi that remain, and so they can live a, a happy and productive life. I mean, does he go back and become a krill farmer on on the, that planet from from Episode Four of Season One? Baby Grogu's destiny lies before us, and we are at a a point where, uh, hopefully soon, 
but maybe not, maybe not even this season. Maybe maybe season three, uh, where he will ultimately have to make the choice between uh, following the Force, uh, becoming an ally of the Force. Does he follow the way of the Jedi? Does he follow the way of the Force? Is he compelled by the Force? Or is he compelled by his emotions? In which case, he follows Din Djarin. He follows the way of the Mandalore. He, he, he again, potentially does the trials and lets his Force abilities fade away. We can't say right now. But Tython presents us with many, many interesting opportunities and many, many interesting avenues for the franchise to go down into. And I think that's all I have to say about Tython at this point. So I hope I've given enough information that makes you all curious, but kind of also satisfies a little bit of that curiosity so that if you want to go down the road and read those comics, remember Dawn of the Jedi. Uh, Marvel's been reprinting them, so you can read them if you'd like. Or uh, uh, the Darth Bane novels is where Tython was first introduced. Uh, I, th- I believe it was the Rule of Two novelization, which uh, I think Drew Carpatian wrote two Darth Bane novels, possibly three, and they're great. If you want to know more about the Sith and the methodology and the, the psycholo- psychology of the Sith, the Darth Bane series by Drew Carpatian, fantastic. Drew Carpatian also was a main writer on the original Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic video game. So, uh, uh, very aware of, of early lore in the Star Wars mythology. So, so those Carpathian series are excellent, and I recommend them to all the diehard fans out there. Good, 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 good stuff. And then again, you can keep it simple. Like Ahsoka said, Tython, a, a, one of many homes of the Jedi at some point in their long, long history. Like Atch 2, where Luke Skywalker was. And we can keep it simple just like that. But hey, it's a goal. It's the next, it is the next achievement for Mando to unlock in this video game world he's living in with uh, side quests and, and, and all this other fun stuff And he's while, while he gathers experience points. So um, it's, a, it's a good time. These final three episodes are going to be a blast, and I can't wait to come back uh, very, very soon and talk to you about Chapter 14, which will be out ooh, in only a matter of hours. Only a matter of hours. All right, so let's wrap it up. Remember, the best way to reach out to this this independent Star Wars podcast is via social media. We are at Mando underscore Vision, Twitter, Instagram. Be sure to like, subscribe, share the show with all the Mandos in your clan because, you know, Buckethead stick together. If possible, show inclined, give us those sweet, sweet, sweet five-star reviews if you're following along on Apple Podcasts. And speaking of which, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and a couple others. A couple others. And if there's one we're not on and you want us to be on it, let me know. I'll take care of it. So head on over to 3bzine.com. You can check out all the shows on our network. Beer Night in San Diego, MandoVision with me, Tom, and the TomCast Podcast also with me, Tom. Hey, sorry about that. Uh, head over to our store envy page. Buy all the sweet merch, T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, the whole shebang. And uh, remember, uh, Kyber Crystals are on permanent backstock. Sorry, we can't we can't get our hands on them. Apparently, there was an explosion in space. All right, thank you all so much for listening to this second volume of Bantha Tracks. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope I've, I hope I've given some insight, some extra additional information that maybe maybe you didn't have before. And get ready, cause uh, I'll be back extremely soon for Chapter 
14. All right, remember, this is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way.